tell you, as we preached, and we're going to continue to preach tonight, if Landon wants to put it up there, are you in the room? Are you in the room? We talked about last week in Mark chapter 5, where Jesus kicked all the mourners out of the house. And they saw a girl that was dead. Jesus walked into the room. He said, no, she's not dead, but she's asleep. And they said, you're crazy. You've lost your mind. He said, okay, then I'm going to get rid of you. And he got rid of them. And not everybody could be in the room. But where they went, when they got into the room, the mother, the father, Peter, James, and John, the supernatural began to happen. Are we in the place where God wants us to be? Are we in the place where signs and wonders can truly take place? I will tell you, and as I told you and exhorted you uh, to encourage you last week, the reason why, and I know the Spears family can agree with this, that baby Lucy is home tonight is because them and their church family got into a room. They prayed until, they, until access was granted and God said, okay, I see your faith and now that I see your faith I'm going to move and act upon your faith and she is home tonight and if I, I, I say this because because it, it's just so powerful to me they said all those things over that baby but if I'm not mistaken when they gave that baby on that last day when they handed her to Landon and McKenzie they said you have a normal baby you have a normal, she can see, she can hear, she's acting like a normal baby. What the enemy meant for evil, God said, I'm going to turn it around for good. And it's because of you. It's because of the Spears family. It's because of your faith. It's because this church decided to go to a place in God that they had never been before. Not everybody can go there, but those who are hungry and thirsty, His Word tells us they shall be filled. We're going to be in Acts chapter 5 tonight. Acts chapter 5, we was in Mark chapter 5 last week. And the subtitle for this is, is perfect. Uh, the, the atmosphere is perfect for it. Is Not only are you in the room, but my subtitle tonight is we want more. We want more. Acts chapter 5. We're going to begin reading in verse number 12. Acts chapter 5, verse number 12. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, say oh no. I got an oh no. We'll wait a little bit. Man, God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were... And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest, there's no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And the believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing might overshadow some of them. And there came also a multitude out of the cities around about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Turn to your neighbor and say, every one. Turn, it to, turn to your other neighbor, because the neighbor on your right or left didn't get it. Turn to the other neighbor and say, every one. Everyone. Lord, we thank you for your word and its anointing tonight. Amen. So last week we spoke about seeking after. 
the supernatural, about being in the room where Jesus is, where His power is, where His presence is. We spoke about being in the room can change your perspective. Where the mourners saw death, Jesus saw life. Being where Jesus is, being aligned and being in the will of God changes your perspective. It changes how you see things. It changes how you see situations. It changes how you see people. It changes how you see the lost. Being in the room where Jesus is, the limits come off. We spoke about seeing the Spirit of God move in our church. We spoke about baby Lucy. We spoke about Sister Dawn. We, we spoke about the Spirit that's been in this house over the last few months. And, and I applaud you for that. That is a testament to your faithfulness to pray and to seek the face of God. As Pastor says all the time and it's so true, preparation, preparation at home, preparation precedes the blessings of God. And when you prepare as many of you, if not all of you have been doing at home, praying and seeking God's face. When we come in here on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, what you're doing is you have prepared the atmosphere for the blessings of God to be poured out. What you're saying is, I want more. I want, I want to be where Jesus is. I, I want to be where the supernatural can happen. I, I want to be where the anointing rests on my life in such a way that it's convicting to those around me. I, I want the anointing in the presence of God so, so uh, active in my life. I want faith so active in my life that it's contagious to the believer on my left and on my right. I, I want to be in a place where God can use me. But we see here that in this text, the church is doing outstanding, amazing, unbelievable signs and wonders. So much so, the church is being added to daily. That people are coming to the city. They're not, they're not just from Jerusalem, but they're from all around Jerusalem. And they're coming into the city just so the shadow of a believer that's been in the room, that's been in the presence of God, can pass over them. And the Bible says every one of them were healed. And that's amazing, Pastor. That's like a highlight reel. That, 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 that is just outstanding to see God do such wonders and God do such miraculous things. But church, uh, I know it's kind of cliche to say in, in our movement, in the Pentecostal movement, but it's so true. The same God of Acts chapter 5 that dwelled in Peter, that dwelled in the disciples is the same God, the same Spirit that dwelled and wants to work inside of you in 2020. It's the same spirit. It's the same God. Jesus told them in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, that these signs shall follow them that believe. He wasn't just talking about the disciples. He was talking about them, anyone, whosoever will, will believe. To them that believe, they shall, in my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they might recover. They hope, we hope they recover. Know that they shall recover. That's what Jesus told them was possible. Jesus promised these things would happen to them if they believed. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, we said it last week, that without faith is it, it is impossible to please God. Jesus told Jairus before he came into the house in Mark chapter 5, which we talked about and read out of last week, he said, 
Only believe. Only believe. Only have faith. That's all you need. Only have faith that God's going to do something that he can turn it around. Jesus said, listen, you're going to have faith. Believe that these things are possible. He tells them in Luke chapter 24. He says in verse 49, And behold, I send a promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you you are endued with power from on high. So the early church opened. 500 uh, uh, saw him ascend into heaven but 120 said okay we're going to the room we're going to where Jesus promised to meet us we're going to wait there until his spirit comes until his promise comes until his power comes we have faith he's never left us forsaken he's never left his seed begging for bread and church we're in the same situation now we see that God's doing a little bit here and a little bit here and I, I praise God for what he's doing But I'll tell you, if you will just keep having faith and you will keep it in the room, in the place where Jesus dwells, in the place where his spirit wants to be. And I'm not talking about a physical building. The Bible tells us that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about a place of prayer. I'm talking about a place of intimacy with God. I'm talking about a relationship. If you'll just linger in his presence, if you'll just get into the room and say, God, I know you're doing some things in this church. I know you're doing some things in this house. I know you're doing some things in my life. I know you're rearranging some things in my life. But God, we want more. I've been in the room. I've seen him touch baby Lucy. I've seen him minister to Sister Dawn. I've seen him pour out his spirit on two of these young girls and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've seen what he's doing. I've seen what he wants to do. But I'll tell you in this church tonight as pastor preached Sunday, we cannot stop where we are we have not arrived but we want more we want more so we see that they go to the upper room and and what I'm trying to do is we see all this this miraculous stuff this just impossible stuff happening in Acts chapter 5 what I want to show you here tonight in scripture is how they got to this place how they got to the place where the faith was just so bold, it was so sure, it was so confident that even their shadows would heal the sick and cast out demons out of those that were oppressed and possessed. We see that chapter 5 is just amazing, but how did we get here? They go to the upper room in Acts chapter 220. Stay there. They're assembled one mind and one accord. And I'm not talking about a car. And we see that they come out of that upper room. And Peter begins to preach for the first time. 3,000 souls are saved. It's awesome. It's amazing. 3,000 souls were saved. It, it, it was just beautiful. It was, it was powerful. They came into the kingdom of God. He baptized them. Uh, they, he, he preached the gospel for the first time. But we see that after the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John just going to church. They're just going to the temple. And they just thought it would just be a normal day. But they saw a man there that they probably passed a hundred times at the gate called Beautiful. And he wanted alms from them. He He desired something from them. We know what the scripture says. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up 
and walk and walk. And everybody saw this. Everybody knew who this man was. He was 40 years old. He'd been crippled since the day he was born. Everybody had seen him. And they saw him celebrating. They saw him dancing. They saw him glorifying God. And through the signs, through the signs, through the miraculous happening, Peter got the opportunity to preach. He goes on to say in Acts chapter 3, he says, listen, you're looking at us like we've done something. You're looking at us like, like we, we're, we're just superhuman. I'll tell you, we haven't done this in our own holiness, in our own righteousness, in our own power. But it was Jesus who you crucified by his name, by his authority, and by his power we've done this. And we see that he begins to preach. And, and the Sanhedrin, the temple leadership, get a little mad. And they get a little upset as we go into Acts chapter 4. And they, they go to lay hands on them, to take them. But listen, it was too late because 5,000 souls had already been added into the kingdom just by one sign, by one miracle. So we see 3,000, we see 5,000. My math tells me that's 8,000 people added to the church in just a short amount of time. That's awesome. That's powerful. That, that means a lot to me. That speaks a lot to me. But what happens when they lay hands on them is the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 4 and verse 13 that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. That they had been with Jesus. You say, what does that mean? Let me translate it for you. Let me, let me just bring it to my title if, if I can tonight. What, what he's saying is they could tell that these men had been in the room. They had shut the door. They'd been alone with Jesus. They'd been alone with his power. They'd been alone with his spirit. They'd been spending time with him. They've been learning from him. They've allowed his spirit to teach them, to equip them. They said, listen, these are Galileans. They don't know nothing. There's no way they can do this. But we can tell by their boldness, by their faith, by the spirit that's in them, by the way they're operating, that they had been with Jesus. The next verse says they, they couldn't even deny. They couldn't even deny what God was doing. They couldn't even deny what God had done through them. But it came when some men, some women, 120 people said, listen, we're going to a room. We're going to shut ourselves in. We're going to be alone with God. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. We're going to seek his face. And we see the fruits of that. 8,000 souls come to know Christ. We see that even the evidence of their boldness that shows them, shows the Sanhedrin that they had been with Jesus. But let me tell you, I'm going to stop right here for a moment and tell you that this wasn't enough for the early church. We'll find as we go on in this message that they said, not only am I in the room, but I want more. I want more of his power. I want more of his spirit. I want more of his presence. I want more of his anointing. I want more of that boldness. I want more of that faith. I want more of that joy. I want to feel what I felt every day of my life. I want to walk in a different manner. I want to do something greater. I want to be someone greater. I want to be who God's calling me to be. I want to be in the will of God. We want more. We want more. They could tell that these men had been in the room. They couldn't deny. They couldn't deny what has done, had been done. They couldn't deny that they had been with Jesus. 
They couldn't deny the miraculous power and the anointing of God. I want to tell you tonight, there's no doubt in my mind that God's been working in this house. I want to tell you tonight that there's no doubt in my mind. It's undisputable. It's undeniable to me, just as it was to the Sanhedrin, that what God had done was undeniable. I want to tell you today what God is doing and has already done in this house is undeniable. The fruits of it are undeniable. The spirit that we feel in this house every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night is undeniable. I, 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 can't, I, I, can't, I, I can't put it into words. I can't express how good it feels to walk into this house and just feel the expectation in the room. I can't deny what God's doing here. But there are those out there. There are those out there. Like the Sanhedrin. Like the temple leadership. That'll come to the church and they'll come to these young people. That have been experiencing boldness. That have been experiencing God work in their lives in a manner they've never felt. And they'll try to tell them you can't do that. You can't operate that way. You can't, you, 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 this is COVID-19. You can't lay your hands on anybody. Listen, I, I'm all for using wisdom. But Lord, when the anointing's in it, when the Spirit is in it, uh, my Bible tells me to use wisdom. And that's biblical. But I'll tell you this, as a believer, fear is not biblical. God said, and, and it, through Paul to, to Timothy, he said, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Wisdom is biblical, but fear is not biblical. And they'll tell you, they'll, they'll come and tell you. They'll watch the live stream. They'll, they'll watch something and, and the critics will come all day long. They've been there since the beginning of time, since Satan deceived Eve. There, there's critics that, that'll say, listen, that's not a move of God. That's emotionalism. What you're experiencing isn't real. You're just getting hyped up. Everybody else is getting hyped up and, and it's just contagious and you, you just get excited and it just wears off I'll tell you what I've experienced I, I can't speak for you but what I've experienced in this house in the last few months doesn't come off when I leave these doors there's still an expectancy in my heart when I, I go to this place to pray before work every day there's still something stirring on the inside of me when I'm at home and when I, I'm just sitting there I, I can just meditate on the things of God this isn't emotionalism this isn't a high that I feel and then I come off of but I'll tell you what I've felt in this house is that I've been in a room that I've never been in before I've been in a realm I've never been in before I'm tasting and seeing some things I've never tasted or seen before and this world can try to tell me listen it's COVID-19 brother Jade it's this or it's that or, or, or whatever they may say but I'll tell you without a doubt that I cannot help but speak and preach and glorify and testify the name of the Lord about the things that God is doing in this house. They tried, the Sanhedrin tried to silence Peter, to silence John. They said, listen, we, we, we can't deny what God has done, but you, you don't need to preach in the name of Jesus. You don't need to heal in the name of Jesus. And you don't need to, you, you, you just, just get rid of Jesus. 
It's what they were telling him. You, you just can't do that anymore. But Peter looked at them. And John looked at them. How can we not speak of the things which we have seen and heard? Well, let me translate that again for you. What he was saying is you weren't in the room. You weren't there when we were at Jairus' house. You weren't there. Me, me and John were there when they said she was dead. When they said she was gone. When, when, when they said it, it, it was too late. And and he raised her up. You weren't there at the Last Supper when he gave us of his body. When he gave us a, a cup and said, drink for this is my blood. You, you weren't there in the upper room where he not only filled me up, but he stirred me up. He got me fired up. And I'm just going up. And I listen, what they were saying is, I can't help but speak of the testimonies of the good things of God. I can't help. I speak spent Sunday. I was with some family that I hadn't seen in a while. Me and Sarah went over to be uh, with family and, and, and visit my mother's grave and, and pay our respects. But I, I was meeting with my uncle and all his family. We were all gathered around and my uncle sat there and my cousin sat there captivated. I was just telling them of the things that God was doing in this house. Uh, that a man that had been going to church for years uh, never accepted Jesus. Uh, but today, uh, but last Sunday he said I'm giving up I'm giving my heart to the Lord well I'm telling you that's something that's something powerful I began to sit there brother Warren and sister Cindy and tell them about a baby that wasn't going to make it that the doctor said would never be that the doctor said this and they said that but she's home now she's eating now she's, she's fine now I began to tell them of a sister that came into the water limping hurting in her body Say my hips hurt so bad I, I just hurt so bad and pastor spoke to her prophetically and said I believe as you come up out of this water that the healing process is going to begin in your body and then a day later she would testify God has touched me God has healed me I, I don't have pain in my body anymore I don't feel that, that hip hindering me anymore I began to tell them listen I, I've been in the room I've been in this place I've seen what God's done I've seen God use you young people to step out and to exhort and to pray for others. I've seen what God's doing in your life. You can't tell me that we're not awakened. You can't tell me that revival's not coming. You can't tell me that you're not hungry. You can't tell me that you're not thirsty for the things of God because I've seen it. I've been in the room. They said, now listen, you, you, you can't say that. You can't do that. Peter said, now listen, I, I can't help but tell you what I've seen, what I've heard. I can't tell you. I can't, I can't stop telling you about the miraculous power of God. I can't help but tell you of the upper room, of the experiences I've had. I, I can't help but tell what Jesus has done for me, what he's commissioned me to do. I, I can't help. But preach the gospel. I can't help but do the will of my father. That's what Peter was saying. And we see that Peter. Peter was never this way before. You read the gospels. You thought one moment he had this real bold personality. The next moment he's hiding. You thought he was ferocious and a fighter. 
And then we read on and we find that he's just nothing but a denier. We haven't seen this in Peter before. But see, being in the room, Pastor, gave him a boldness that he had never known before. He went from being afraid to say, I'm one of his, to standing up on the day of Pentecost and saying, I'm one of his, and you can be also. The room transformed Peter's life. Transformed Peter's life. It gave him a boldness and a power that they could not help but testify about. Really, you could sum up what he was saying in Acts chapter 4. What he was saying to the Sanhedrin is, I'm not going to apologize for my boldness. I'm not going to apologize for my experience. I'm not going to be politically correct and and say that sin is okay. I'm not going to do that. What what he was saying is, I'm not going to deny and I'm not going to apologize for the works that God has done in my life. Young people, this world, and I preach to you all the time, this world is full of comparisons. People would love to compare you to that person. And you, you constantly see on Facebook, on Instagram, you're constantly comparing yourself. But I listen in this season, I've seen a change and a shift. And you're starting not to care what others think. And it's just about Jesus. Let me tell you, you need to stick with that. You need to want more of Him. You need to desire more of Him. Why? Because when you shout, you don't need to apologize for your shout. When you praise and you sing and people say, oh, you're too loud. Well, sorry, I'm not going to apologize for that. If you knew what God delivered me from, I was paralyzed by fear. I couldn't speak. I I couldn't talk. But he's loosed my tongue. He's opened up my mouth. You don't know the depression and the anxiety I used to feel and the anger I used to feel and the bitterness I used to feel. Young people, don't apologize for your testimony the enemy would love to silence you why? because you overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony don't apologize for what God has done in your life don't apologize for the transformation that his spirit is doing in your life adults don't apologize that you lay hands on somebody at work and begin to pray for their healing don't apologize when they say what are you doing man I, I gotta pray for him right now they need a move they need God to move on their behalf don't apologize for being who God has called you to be he said we're not going to apologize for being bold but still I'm trying to get you to Acts chapter 5 there's a principle here I want to show you because I want to see I want to see the miracles that they saw I want to see the miraculous happen daily. I want the supernatural, I say it all the time, to become natural to the body of Christ. So the question remains, how do we get to the place where even the shadow can heal the wounded heart or the broken down body? How do we get to the place where the shadow, without saying a word, can cast the devil out of somebody? How do we get to that place? How did they get to that place? The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 as Sanhedrin gave them their little 
shame, shame, you don't do this, speech. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, that they went back to the believers. And they told them what happened, Sarah. They said, listen, we healed a man through the Spirit of God working through our lives in the name of Jesus. Sanhedrin got ticked off. They slapped us on the hand a little bit. They tried to scare us. They tried to intimidate us. They, they, they tried to hold us in prison. They told us, you, know, you can't do that. They go back to these fathers, followers and they say, listen, they're saying we're too bold. They're saying we're too radical. They're saying that our message is, 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 too, is too far out there. That we're too outspoken. That we're too exuberant. That we're too confident. But as they told this to the believers in Acts chapter 4, inadvertently, this is what I see. This is what the Lord spoke to me in these scriptures. What I began to see, and you'll find in the next verse, the Bible says in, in, in verse 24, that when they heard that, when they heard the report, when they heard the report that was given, listen, they're trying to shut us down. It says... In one accord, they begin to cry out. They begin to, to lift up their voice to God. And what I read there, Brother Larry, is what they said is we want more. We want more. And you say, how can you say that? Verse 29, read with me. Acts chapter 4, verse 29, I want you to see this. And now, they're in the middle of a prayer. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Behold their threatenings. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness that we may speak thy word. What, I want you to catch it. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Verse 30. By stretching forth thy hand to heal. And that the signs and wonders may be done in thy name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak the word of God with boldness. I want you to notice verse 31 here with me real quickly. It says, and when they had prayed, the place. You know what that word means in the Greek? The room. The room where they were, when they, when they were threatened, when they, when they threatened to shut them down, they went back to the room. They went back to the altar. They went back to fasting. They went back to prayer. They went back to sacrifice. And they, they said, I can almost hear the conversation. In my, own, in my own words, I can almost hear the conversation. They said, we're too bold. They said, we're too out there. They said, our message is too radical. Our Jesus is too, is too controversial. We're not politically correct. And what they began to say is, okay, we're going to pray. And what they began to pray in the room, what they began to pray was, God, give us all your boldness to speak 
your word. Give us, they said we're too bold. Give us more boldness. Listen, this world, it's our natural human reflex. When we face resistance, when we face adversity, it's to fold. It's to, to, to pop back a little bit and say, okay, I need to re-examine. But the church wasn't operating in their flesh or how they felt or how their flesh said they should react. They went in there and said, listen, we've been threatened. They said they're going to come after us. But God, we want more boldness. We want more power. We want more authority. We want more anointing. They go on in verse 30 and they begin to say, God, we not only want more boldness, but we want more signs. We want more wonders. We want more power on display. We want more glory. They went back to the room. And that's what I want to tell you tonight. They said, we want more. How did they get to Acts chapter 5? It's because in Acts chapter 4, they said, we're going back to the place where God moved before. We're going back to the place. We're going back to the altar. We're going back to the fasting, to the sacrifice. We're going back to where God can move in our lives. We can be close to him. We can be intimate with him. He can speak to us and he can speak through us. We want to go to a place, a deeper walk a deeper relationship with him church I believe we're in the room tonight I believe we're in the room tonight I believe we're in the place where God's spirit can move upon us not just to stay in these four walls but as Peter walked out of that place in Acts chapter 5 his shadow his very presence you see a shadow is evidence of presence if you see my shadow it means I'm present I'm in the place and as his shadow as his very presence came through the city as he was just walking to and fro his presence was enough why because there was a spirit inside of him that was working in a way he'd never known before and his presence altered the atmosphere around him and no longer was the enemy saying this is how it is this is how it's going to be but because he had been in a place in a room alone with God praying and seeking his face when he came out of that when he came out of that place there were more signs there were more wonders there were more salvations and the word was preached not only in Jerusalem but Judea, Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world they went back to the room they'll come to the music tonight He said, and now, Lord, in verse 29, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness, what they were saying, with every ounce of boldness you could give us, we want it. We want it. We want more. Young people, you've been back in school now college and career age most of you went back to college you started college for the first time and this world and this this the, the enemy that, that we face uh, would love to throw everything in this world at you right now all this COVID stuff got football players that can't play football cheerleaders that can't cheer got students that can't go to class enemy would love nothing more 
than to silence you and to stop what God's begun in your life. You see, we so often in Pentecost, we preach the day of Pentecost, a fire, it's power, it's all those things, it is. We preach it as like the pinnacle of the church. That was its highest point. But Cameron, my Bible tells me that the day of Pentecost was the beginning. It wasn't the pinnacle. It wasn't its peak. It was the beginning of what God wanted to do. What we've experienced in this house is just the beginning. It's not even the tip of the iceberg. It's, it's just like a follicle, just so minute to what God really wants to do in each and every one of your lives and what He wants to do as a corporate body in this house, what's he wants, what He wants to do in Connorsville. It's just a, just a segment of what He's willing to do. As the old saints used to say, at least the old saints in my life, they say, honey, he's willing, but are you wanting? He's willing, are you wanting? The early church could have stopped at the day of Pentecost. Oh, that was good enough. 8,000 souls. Awesome. Awesome. That's like Billy Graham preaching one crusade and just saying, okay, that's enough. That wasn't enough for him because it wasn't enough for the early church. He said, okay, we're facing the adversity that Jesus told us would, we would face. And so we're going to go back to the place where we experienced the power the first time. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says this in the sixth verse of that chapter. He says, but when you pray, go into your closet. Or when you translate that, it means go into your inner room. Go into the room. Get alone with God. No one has to be around. No one has to see how spiritual you are. No, it's not about that. He said, you you shut the door. You go into your inner room. You get alone with God. And he says, the God that sees in secret. The God... That maybe sometimes you kneel to pray and you don't feel like he's there. The God that sees you in secret. He said, I'll begin. He'll begin to reward you openly. Day of Pentecost. They were shut in the upper room. But what God had done in secret. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2. It was noised abroad. Everyone saw church you want to know why we're seeing the miraculous begin to happen is because you each one of you are bombarding his throne 
in secret. And he's saying, okay, PTC Ministries, you've, you've sought me in secret. Now I'm going to reward you openly. I'm going to reward you openly. Pastor, you, you fought 20 years. You fought. Our pastors stayed steadfast and movable, abounding in the work of the Lord. He hasn't fainted. Times he probably felt like it, weak, tired. But what he's done in secret is now be rewarding, is now being rewarded him openly. What you've done in secret, what Pastor Willie Russell has done in secret, what your forefathers, your grandfathers, your grandmothers, your great aunts, your great uncles sought for for years in secret is now being rewarded to you openly. Stand with me tonight. Are we in the room? Are we in the room tonight? If you're not in the room, let me tell you, tonight's the night to get in. If you're not in the river, let me tell you, tonight's the night to get in. If you say, Pastor, I felt like everyone has gotten in over these last several months, but I haven't felt a thing. Now's the time. He wants you to feel his presence tonight. I feel it. He wants you to feel his presence in a closer way tonight. So if you're here, you say, I'm not in the room, but I want to be in the room. I'm going to ask you to come. Come make your way. But if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I've felt, I've felt his presence in the last few months in a way I've never felt. Let me tell you, that's a sign that you're getting into the room, that you're in the room. And you say, I feel like I'm there. I feel something changing and shifting in my heart. And you'll say, I just want more. If you want to be like the early church, like the founders, the founders of our faith, if you want to be like them, if you want to do greater works than them, the cry's got to be, we want more. The psalmist David said in the wilderness, he said, Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. He was hungry. He was thirsty. And he goes on to say what he was hungry and thirsty for. In verse number two, he says, to see thy power. So verse 1, he's saying, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. But in verse 2, he says, to see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen in the sanctuary. Are you here tonight and are you hungry? Are you hungry? The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14 that in this confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will He heareth us. Jesus told the disciples 
John chapter 14 and verse 12 that you'll do greater works than even me. Raise your hand in this house tonight if you want greater. You be careful. I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to hold myself to it. Raise your hand in this house tonight if you want more. Raise your hand in this house if you want revival. Raise your hand in this house if Brother Charles isn't the last person you want to see saved. Raise your hands if the the, the miracle that was given to the Spears family isn't the last miracle that you want to see. I ask you to come. Come tonight. Say, God, I want to be in the room. And I want more. I want more. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. These altars are open. Young people, come tonight. Seek after him. Oh, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough, God. I want more. I want more. More of your Jesus. More of your presence. More of your power. I want to be where you are. I want to know what the good and perfect will of God is for my life. I want to seek you and I want to find you. In your seats right now, begin to pray. Begin to call out to God. We want more. We want more. We want more. Oh, Jesus, we want more. Greetings, everyone. Pastor Ron, just coming on to say thank you for joining us today. I do pray that we was a blessing to you. And I invite you to continue to follow us on Facebook, Instagram. I invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Please do that. Uh, We would be appreciative of that. But just thank you for joining us today. I do pray that the blessings of the Lord would be upon you and yours. God bless you.